The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Body Bio, better health through supplements. Get 20% off any Body Body Bio order with code RTRS20. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And stateside, Urban Craft Vodka. There we go. There's a, an app you can order alcohol with here in New Jersey. I got a bottle of Stateside tonight. The official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, the Sixers win again with James Harden in his home debut against the Knicks after a lackluster first half. We find out the backup center that Daryl Morey was warning us about on the Ricky, potentially. Ben Simmons has a back injury and someone has a question about CJ's hair in the um, in the YouTube comment of the week. Um, stateside, should I mention stateside here? Yeah, stateside vodka, stateside urban craft vodka. By the way, they got 352 Ben Simmons jerseys traded wow. in. That's <laughs> awesome. It's wild. And they donated them to, uh, I think, shelters in, in Philly and, and Brooklyn because uh, Eddie from stateside reached out to my wife about finding a shelter to give away in Brooklyn. So, and then they gave everybody a $25 stateside gift card. So that's awesome. We love stateside. They sponsor a corner three newsletter. They have this fantastic vodka. They're from Philly. Look at that. The glass, the glass is awesome. Also their iced tea vodka is an awesome treat with only a hundred calories and tastes awesome. We love stateside vodka. You got to be 21 or older to drink it. Statesidevodka.com. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy whose efficiency was good even before Harden got here. One, fully clothed, Michael Levin. It's just really nice that he's still on our team. Still here. Were you expecting it, things might change before the first You just game? never know. <laughs> right, right, right. It's Stranger just, things have happened. Thing, you feel good about this team for a while and something bad seems like it's on the horizon, but so far not... Uh, man, he's really good. He's really good, and they're really good with him. And they are, you know, they played the Knicks twice, who were bad, mm-hmm. who are predictably, like, burnt out from Tibbs, like classic Doug Collins situation, um, and are overperformed last year. And now the East is, like, really good, and the Knicks aren't uh, the same team they were last year, just worse. And And the Wolves, who are fine, but, like, they look good, man. And the three coffee breath, sweaty pits, tibs, all of it, all yeah. of it. But it's, uh, I'm excited. They have a tough stretch coming up. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what it was. At no point during this game did I think they were going to lose this game. Ooh, really? I did. Never, never. And even if they did, I wouldn't have cared. So maybe that was part of it. Like it was just like nothing matters. It's just like stay healthy, keep dominating, you know, try some shit out, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, the the Sixers look like I don't want to put it um, I don't want to put a number on it yet but like no. but Embiid and Harden are obviously the top ten players in the league mm-hmm. uh, obviously and Maxi looks like a top whatever like fifty whatever something sure. f- something like that yep um, with how well he's playing now and it's just like when you have those kinds of guys that command defensive attention there's only so many of them you can stop at once and the Sixers in the first half weren't really good at finding the the open one finding the guy that they should be kicking it to or the guy that should attack or whatever it was looked pretty slow and in the second half it was just like oh right we we're we're too good for them um and they just you know three like i feel like 
have they all scored over 25 points in every game or about that in every game since Harden started? It's just like on yeah. efficient scoring. It's, it's insane. So yeah. What did, what did Maxi have 10 shots tonight or something? Was it, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, they all scored over 25 on 15 shots or under and they're getting the line. They're hitting threes. They're, they're finding each other. It's, it's fair really to it's say, nice. it's fair to say that for many people, and, and this isn't a, you, you don't watch ball comment. That's not what it is, but it's fair to say for many people and even like watching it on our own team that Harden is like better than, than people gave him credit for, you know, like he, he, uh, all the stats are there, but I, I think the, the calm and like, I always compare him to Peyton Manning, but like the, the way he sees the floor and the way that he is sort of like an architect with the ball is is so good. It is it is really unmatched in NBA history. Not that, but that compared with the scoring is really incredible. And like the the combination of him and Embiid is pretty unprecedented. Like there was, you know, Kobe Shaq, but Kobe isn't a you know, wasn't a point guard or anything, and Shaq couldn't shoot. You know, I, I, I don't know that there is a historical comp for the skill sets that those two have at the same time at those two positions. Yeah, he's real. He's not only is he really good and looks obviously you know, he's playing pretty good ball in Brooklyn, but it seems like he was not playing at the height of his abilities this year, um, this year. Yeah. And uh, and he's looked better than that. And I think especially because just like. He just filled such a void for this team in so many areas, both in the like scoring on ball, in the like be composed with the ball in their hands, in the obviously passing. I've talked about it a thousand times. I'm never going to stop talking about it. Like him as a passer has opened up so many things about this team. And I would add rebounding. Like a, a lot of, I think a lot of times when you see like a, a, a point guard or a guard rebounding, sometimes it's like a little bit, a little bit fake rebounds, not, mm-hmm. not like, contested ones not end possession ones but just like it's a long rebounder it's a everybody else had already ran down the court and they just got it and the big like lets them get it but Harden's come up with a couple legitimate like contested rebounds um and to end possessions and that's a that's been a weakness of this team and he has at least stemmed the tide a little bit so far uh about how, how that is no longer as much of a weakness and his defense has been better his defense how about taking absolutely the charge and charge the- had a bunch of steals in the previous next game He's yeah, just, I loved, I mean, the crowd was awesome tonight. Everybody was pumped. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I'm, I, I just want you to know I willingly stopped myself from talking about immediately about the backup center situation right now. And so we can talk about it later, but we'll, we'll I just, get to it. this is we me, this is me exercising <laughs> a level of with uh, restraint. Good, good, good. Yeah. We will be plenty of time. We'll get to it. I, I promise you. And, uh, yeah, so the other thing that I thought of in the first half of this game, because it was not a good first half for Embiid at all, you know, he was getting, you know, that that lets the game get get away from him type thing where he gets frustrated and, and things aren't going his way. He starts fighting with the refs and yada, yada, yada. And I just thought to myself, it's like, oh, the reason we're still in it is because we like have one of the best guards of all time also on the team. So there's somebody else to pick up the slack. And it's been rare in Embiid's career that we've had a a player that could do that on offense. Yeah, like another run stopper when the other team gets going, just like to manufacture some points, get to the line, whatever. God, he's he's really good. The intros are cool. The cheering when everyone touched the ball. Just like it's I didn't spe- see the intros because I was watching ESPN. They didn't show them. I was watching. I was just like, like fucking hate watching JJ Redick. Can like, I tell you something? Yeah, I thought JJ was pretty good. Oh, he wasn't. He was I decidedly thought, not good. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he actually had like interesting things to say about the game in a way that like most like Hubie Brown or whatever just like repeats the same eight things he's been saying for. You're just saying years. that to make me mad. I, I swear to God, I'm not. I didn't want to like JJ. I didn't want to. I really didn't. I swear to God, I thought he was pretty good. I, I, I thought he had interesting things to say. Bad I thought timing. he added stuff to the game. Bad timing. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there was some like you know, timing issues, but it, just like as far as like analyzing the game in, in, in like on TV, it's there, many people are worse. And for his first time, I, I was unfortunately impressed by how, how well he did. The, just the, the just shameful 
St. Louis-like, Oklahoma City-like uh, fucking standing ovation that they gave him when he got announced for the crowd is just just disgusting for a two-year player that never won anything, never dove for a loose ball, never hit a big shot, left a person in a cage, never did anything for the community, <laughs> had a abortion contract in college, long list, potentially racist thing. Chinese the China, oh, the China thing? Yeah. <laughs> a quick, as a quick summary. For people that are new here, you're not going to get all of those. But, so, uh, yeah, I mean, just the vibes are so good. I think, honestly, if yeah. friggin' Jonah Bolden was calling the game tonight, they would have been pumped to see him. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so, all right. So, I, I don't know what there else to say about Harden is right now. I, I do think AU wrote a really good piece on the website today about like the honeymoon period, about like that this part was always going to be awesome. And when the the ghosts for both of those players, for Embiid and Harden come in the playoffs, it will be, I think I think the the interest level and the drama level will be super high. And it, it will be interesting to see both of them in that situation. But for now, it is absolutely positively awesome to watch. I think the thing, Maxie's just fucking wild right now. And, and he, when you think about it, has also, like, much like Harden has never played with an Embiid, Embiid has never played with a Harden, Maxi has never played with a truly effective perimeter player in the NBA. And he must be like, just, I feel like when he's on the court with Harden, the court looks enormous and there's only like three people on it. And he just sees this giant hole all the time. And he's so fast that there's just no nothing anyone can do about it. And there was that one today where he did that sort of like um that Kobe like spin off the perimeter or like or mellow like spin off the perimeter and just went so hard to the basket and got fouled. Uh and got the call too. It was that I thought that was a great moment. But he just looks like a like a fucking, as well as he's played this year, he looks like a guy set free right now, honestly. Yeah, he's he's so good. And he fell to 21. Thank you, Mike Mascala. We love him. We love that big weirdo. He'd be back. Actually, Mike Mascala would be great on this team. I would love to have him back. Buy out, please. Um, he just pops, man. The shot is excellent right now. Like, is he going to shoot like 70% for the rest of the season? Probably not. But I think you look at the, like, him improving his free throw numbers, like he's a high 80s percent free throw shooter. Like he's a legitimately good shooter. He's legitimately good. The only thing that holds him back is his like slightly hesitant, tr- gun shy nature mm-hmm. when it's off the catch. But he's hitting step backs like crazy. He is like, you can tell he's making it a focal point to try to get off the catch. The difference between him and Tobias were a similar issue. But Maxi then bursts into the lane, whereas Tobias takes like four dribbles into nowhere. Um, so even when he does like attack a closeout, it's still like, not like a, a momentum crushing decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's fearless going to the rim right now. Uh, he's going hard. He's getting those calls. It's awesome. Uh, the, I've loved the, I mean, it's, it's sort of like the, there's always one kind of play. Usually it's like a, it's like a real weird bank shot where you're just like, oh, they have it going on. But the, the, to beat the shot clock, kind of like pivoting three with RJ Barrett, like playing some good defense, containing the drive, and then just he like pivots and just takes a shot and it goes right in. And it's just like, well, he's got it right now. And he's he's just the man. He played some prep. I thought his defense was really nice. Uh, sometimes he falls asleep. He's still young. He's going to make mistakes like that. But I think when like he is engaged defensively and like has quick hands and like makes some stuff happen, he's he's just awesome. He's awesome. And, every, and I, I genuinely think like, obviously, Embiid has been excellent this year. Harden coming has made a huge difference. But like, as far as one of the biggest factors of why this team is good, why their vibes are good, why they like playing with each other, it's just like how special of a player Tyrese Maxey is, how special of a person he is. He's just like him, like slapping the slapping the ground on the ground uh, in the Sunday next game. He's just he's just awesome, man. He's I I can't imagine playing with this guy and like having a bad time. He's a, a singularly unique player, and I, I hope he plays this way for the rest of his career. He's and, and here. Several, contract. Ha, several have asked if that counts as a hardwood slap. I would say it was the closest we've gotten, but I don't think it counts as a hardwood slap. That's no, not, no. he did slap the hardwood, but it's not slapping the hardwood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think we might even have graduated past that at this point. No. Like, I think that might have been a, a little, it would have been a dorky move at that point. And like, that, Tyrese could do it in a way that would look, look cool. That's definitely not the, 
the thing we were talking about. That's right. definitely like a meet a guy. It has to be like met at half court. Yeah. Has to be on ball. Yeah. Has to be like in the, in like the, there's a lot of situations that have to be like met a lot of like qualifiers that have to be met for that to be that for that to be like the description of the thing I was talking about with Tony Roten friggin' eight years ago. Yeah. Well, um, it's part of the lore. It's part of the lore, but yeah, but uh, it's, I, I love, I love Tyrese Maxey and I, I just, I said it a thousand times before the hardened trade while it was looking like possible then inevitable. Like there was no scenario where they should have traded Tyrese Maxey. None. Zero. Absolutely none. And Daryl didn't do it, and I love him for it. And like he should just be on the team for the rest of time. Even if they wouldn't have gotten Harden. Yes. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. For sure. Because I think like who knows how long Harden's got. I think yeah, he's got yeah. a lot. I think he's got a lot left. I think the way he plays his his brain, I think, is the best best part of his game at this point. And the jumper is gonna will stay at least at least a, a weapon for a long time. Um but, and like playing with Joel and 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 with Maxi, he's going to be he's going to be able to like save himself for a lot of time. He's not going to have to. He's not going to be as as much mo- like wear and tear on his legs as he had, you know, for when he was basically the only thing going in, in Houston. Um, but like, if he slows down, if he gets another hamstring injury, he's not the same guy. Like, it, and they give him a, they give him this max contract, which they should. Like, it'll. It could look bad. Like it could look bad quick. And you need to have like a guy that has popped as quickly as Maxi has on a rookie contract that is just like everything you want in a young player and has improved and keeps getting better and has worked on his game and like just is beloved. Like it's you can't I, I would have I would have much rather if the option was hard hardened trade where, where Maxi's in it or um Halliburton trade where he's not, I would have done a Halliburton trade hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Hi, Spike and Mike. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Adam Kornblau. I was having issues with annoying neighbors in which the property management company ended up using their attorney for our eviction. Fuck. I reached out to Adam for some advice. He quickly got back to me. Since I was planning on moving at the end of my lease in July anyway, Adam was able to make a deal with a law firm that was filing for our eviction in which I would vacate the building March 31st while not having to pay the rest of the lease. Saving time and money to avoid court was the best possible outcome. I cannot thank him enough for taking time out of his busy schedule to help a fellow process truster. That is Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. They may advertise themselves as the premier boutique personal injury law firm in the uh, Delaware Valley, but it sure seems like most of our listeners reach out for landlord issues. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Adam. Good. Fuck him up, Cornblow. Fuck up yeah. those landlords. He does. That guy, the the thing that I, I noticed when I first met Adam is how much he had a, a passion for this stuff. And he wants to do right by our people. Cornblow and Cornblow has been there for over 40 years. That's right. Or 40-ish years. Getting just excellent results for people in the personal injury world, whether it's medical malpractice, injured at work, or slip and fall, or car accident, or any of those things, they take care of it. And- it is long. A, a personal injury lawsuit can be a really long time. I was involved in one once, years, and it can be frustrating and lots of twists and turns, and you need somebody to really settle you down and tell you what's what. Cornblow is going to do that. And if you have a bad landlord or something, or somebody screws you out of like the right change when you bought something at a store, Cornblow will body that landlord in the post. Yeah. If you think you have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email. He truly helps all of our people with anything. You have your lawyer contact. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Doesn't cost you anything to send that uh, email, that phone call. No, 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 no. Not till he gets results for you. Or email cornblau at cornblau and cornblau.com. Cornblau, K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. I spelled it for you. Cornblau and Cornblau, the official law firm of the process. Um, I... Like I'm starting to get to the point and as a believer, it hurts to get to this point. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm just thinking like, this might not be Cork's ear, you know, like he had a dreadful run in there and, uh, you know, shake, shake wasn't awesome, but he did, you know, have a couple of nice drives to the basket, showed a little pop, showed a quick first step. And that, that, that spot is, is shakes for the taking. I just, I don't know what happened to Cork Mouse this year. I, I feel like his shot left him and it just fucked everything else up. Yeah, I mean he's he's been pretty horrendous all season long, and and you know they put him in a spot where they they asked him to be backup point guard a lot, which I think is a lot of that is on Daryl for not 
you know, part of that is Grant Riller was never healthy. And then Miles Powell, like, wasn't really good enough. And so it's like, you got to just get a backup point guard so that Korkmaz doesn't have to keep doing this. Shake was hurt also. Um, but yeah, he's been bad. He's just been, he's been bad for a while. He had some weird passes tonight. Like, just like, he doesn't, he certainly hasn't earned the spot. And I wouldn't, I, I you know, Shake Shake has a slow release. And that's not mm-hmm. exactly what you want against, you know, think about if you play Toronto in a, in a series, you're not going to want to, you know, a whip to shake. You know, Niang has such a quick release and he shoots it so high and Danny shoots it when guys are right in his face. So that's fine. Um, but Slow release and he it. hasn't shot it particularly well in a no, couple he hasn't of years, either, too, honestly. For sure. yeah. but, but at least like the thing with shake is he can at least be a shooting and driving threat. Like aside from, you know, obviously Maxi. You know, Tobias a little bit, Niang a little bit, but like Shake is one of the guys that you, if you, if he pumps and goes, if a guy closes out too quick, then like you're kind of comfortable with him having the ball in his hands to either hit like a little mid range or get all the way to the rim or, or drive in and kick to somebody else who's open. Um, I, I really would genuinely for like commit to giving Isaiah Joe like 15 minutes a night for the rest of the season because like, he could be very good. Like it's not that he's just like a quick shooter. He's a quick shooter from distance, like long distance beyond the three point line, which gives them even more spacing that they have to consider. And he's, and he's pretty fast, like not necessarily with the ball in his hands, but he like is just fast to the ball. And with, with guys like Danny Mm -hmm. and Tobias who just, their feet are just tied to the ground. You look at how quickly Matisse, like switches gears and changes his hips and like goes and gets a loose ball. And then you look at like Tobias or Danny try to do it. And it looks like they're just carrying huge weights in their, in their legs and their shorts. And it's just like, God, anything, somebody be faster to the ball. And that's why, you know, Harden is nice, even though he's not like that fast anymore. He's faster than I think people give him credit for, but he's at least like good at anticipating where the ball is going to go. And he's quick to it, like decision wise. Um, so I, yeah, uh, is, I, I I would take him out of the rotation at this point. I would, I it, think, I think you got to give Isaiah Joe some run because there's just too many, there's too many guys in this team that aren't like the, the, the top line guys are there. Like they're there We're, we got him. We got Harden. We got Embiid. He's playing great. Maxi is playing better than anybody thought he could play this quick. Matisse looks excellent with Harden right now. Excellent. And so, and tonight they, they, they had him rolling way more than, than they found him for. And he shoots um, when he's open and he, and he shoots when he's open. He's he, two threes tonight. Like that's all he's doing everything you can ask him to do at this point. Obviously you want him to get better at other stuff, but like right now, realistically, he's doing everything you can ask of him. And he had those two nice finishes, like basically the last plays of the game. Um, Matisse was great, but like you just need, you can't have so many slow guys who also aren't hitting shots. And Korkmaz right now is that guy. And you just have to turn through it. We have to turn through it to see like who else can be that guy. Is it Isaiah Joe? is like throwing another lineup and being like, all right, we're double down, doubling, doubling down on defense and we're going to fucking throw B-Ball Paul out there. Honestly, I'm not joking. I think this backup center rotation I'm getting there is a problem. But if you can go like, all right, well, we're going to at least like... Well, it won't be soon, buddy. We'll, we'll put up like a double, like we'll just throw shit at the wall a little bit and it's like, okay, it's Millsap and B-Ball Paul. One of them can shoot. You, you, you make Niang the three and it's just like Harden and a bunch of guys and at least they have some defense out there. Um because right now, Corkmans isn't good enough. I, I think Shake isn't hitting enough shots. Like you just need to have guys. If they're not hitting shots, then they have to be able to play some defense. And right now, Corkmans is doing neither. Yeah, it's. I, I, I just thought when Harden got here, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like this is going to be perfect for him. Like yeah. he's he's perfect, quick trigger. You know, good good sense of offense. Like whatever. But it's just, I I, <laughs> I would still give him another game or two. But I just, I, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen this year. Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting for the like crazy, like five of seven from deep yeah. kind of night where he just brings the house down. But it just like it just hasn't come. It, yeah, it hasn't. It really hasn't come. And Bebo Paul hits a fucking shot. Hits a three as the uh, as as here come the Sixers comes on tonight, which was really nice to see. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so backup center. So we we got a tweet before the game from our very own Sixers Adam who is, of course, banned uh, currently from the podcast. But we got a, a tweet from him saying that I didn't see the Doc Rivers quote, but it seemed like Willie Cauley-Stein was going to play tonight. Yeah, they, were and they then, were gonna and, give him a look. And then, of course, the first guy to come in was Paul Millsap, who is clearly a 
a dead person uh, right now. The, the, and I don't, I guess my thought with Willie Cauley Stein, the really didn't, the reason they didn't play him is they know the minute that his 10 day expires, they're signing DeAndre Jordan. And they just don't, they, they think that Millsap will be on the roster and they don't think that Willie Cauley Stein will be on the roster. Uh, I guess that's it. But it is kind of perplexing. I, I feel like we've said this every podcast since the beginning of the season. It is perplexing that Paul Reed doesn't get more of a look. And Bassey, who looked like the backup center, honestly, for like yeah. three fucking games in November, mm-hmm. and he was playing great, just it seems to have disappeared. It's very strange. You know, it's like everything about it is strange. I mean, I think I think a lot of that is just it's Doc. And I think Doc <laughs> doesn't really love playing rookies. I think that's yeah. just sort of his thing. I think he defers that. I think a lot of coaches do it. It's not a Doc-specific thing, but you'd, it'd be nice if it's just like, hey, Millsap is just... The, the look is, you know, when Joel's off the court, how are they going to play? And Harden in Houston a lot of times played switch everything. And so it's like, okay, great. Who are we going to get that can switch everything that is not like a total, it can't just be like Tobias and Niang. It has to be someone that can do like a little bit of rim protection, a little bit of rebounding, like what do we got? And so in that world, it's, it's, it's basketball Paul or b-ball Paul. Or you can go the opposite <laughs> way and go like, let's just do a rim, a rim runner. Just like rim running, screen and roll, which Harden really hasn't done much of. They haven't played, they haven't gone to that like Harden pick and roll with a lob threat. That he had with Clint Capella. Maybe that's a hardened choice. I don't know. But that would be Willie Cauley Stein or DeAndre Jordan if they decide to sign him after the 10 days up, or Charles Bassey. Both of those guys, all three of those guys are theoretically more traditional rim protectors than Millsap or Bebal Paul. But I neither of them, obviously none of them can shoot. And I think what the, what they're deferring to right now is at least Millsap can shoot. And the floor is spread as much as possible. Like at least he he hasn't hit a ton of shots this year. His numbers aren't great, but if 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 he's a tra- as a trailer three, he is a guy that will take that shot. And you're not you know praying. He's a he's a capable shooter from from that range when he's wide open. So I I don't I I have said I would rather be B-Ball Paul. I think he kind of gives you some of everything. I think he could be a lob threat for for Harden. I think he could be a you know, he hit threes in the G League. Like I, I don't know. I've never. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen. A, I haven't seen a ton of him hitting threes. It's like Rashawn uh, Holmes' and this, three. This is the first. This is like the first time he's done it at the NBA level. I think this might have been his first three at the NBA level. Um, but at least he has a track record. Obviously, you're not expecting DeAndre Jordan or Willie Cauley Stein to hit threes in the NBA. Although Willie Cauley Stein was hitting threes in, in warmups, which is that is NBA players are good. But in game, I think B-Ball Paul gives you the best of some rim running. Some three-point shooting, at least in theory, in a G League, if he if he gets warm doing it, and obviously deflection city on defense. And I would just love to. I I know that it's it scares Doc. Like I know it scares him. I know it scares him to go to B-ball Paul, because even when he's good, he's still like you can tell Doc doesn't trust him. But I I just think he's the best option. I I just I just think he's. He, he has the most ability. Like Harden is going to make them survive those minutes in a way that they hadn't in previous years. But you would like some positivity on, on that end. And I, I, I like the idea of Millsap shooting, but he, he is really old and slow and, and, and couldn't really break the rotation in Brooklyn. So it's like, give me somebody. Yeah, he's, he's cooked. He's definitely cooked. I, th- I think it's funny that he's on the team. I want him to remain on the team because I think it's hilarious, but he's definitely cooked. Was there anybody else from tonight that I don't think? Uh, we didn't really talk about Tobias. Oh, yeah. He's just fucking, he's, I mean, it's a good bucket I mean, I'm at the fine end with of the first I'm, half. I'm, yeah, that was a nice he's, bucket. He's, you know, he's just like, he ain't gonna, he, he true or false, Mike, he is yeah. closer to the three-point line than any person has ever shot three pointers. I mean, sure, like yeah. he's so fucking close and the shot is so, and he's so in his head right now because he knows what he Harden wants him to do. Yeah. And it's so hard for him. And I just, I kind of feel bad for him because I just. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they tried you know. so hard to get him going. Like you could see, like, we need to get him going. He's had two 
very pointless games. And as everybody else is succeeding, he wants to get on it. You can tell he's frustrated. But like when he's forcing it, he has a mediocre handle. He mm-hmm. has a slow release and a slow mind release. He doesn't get fouled really much at all. And then he gets in his head and he passed up a wide open three so he could dribble into nowhere. Into that like little like in the middle of the paint, never anywhere, and turns around. The Toby. And he misses guys that are open for as a passer. I, I almost think he should be tricked into thinking that there's four seconds left at all times. If there's a way for everyone to be like, Tobias, there's four seconds. You got to downhill, like quickly. <laughs> like, then I think pass it to somebody who's open. Like I think that the coach a counter guy. A more, yeah, just immediately start counting as soon as he touches <laughs> the ball. It just starts like four. It's, uh, <laughs> he's just, they had, I mean, Doc had a nice ATO um, when Embiid screened for him <laughs> off a of Tobias cut. I do think there's going to be, um, I think there will be opportunities for him to make, if he's not going to be the like shooter that we all want him to be, and he's not, he's just not never going to do it, even though he's like a fine shooter, he's two of three tonight. Three is not enough attempts, Tobias. But if he's not going to do that more, then he can be cutting because the other three guys command so much attention. Like the way for Tobias to, to be like, maybe that'll get him going involved in the offense is not to let him like start to post up Obi Toppin from 19 feet away. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's not the answer. It's just yeah, not, just, it's going to clog him down. And when he misses, everyone's going to go like, okay, good try, bud. Like really keep it up. It's just, he's got to either take those threes or he's got to be going downhill and like catch and go like quickly. And so if he's cutting, if they start to have some more off ball movement while Harden is commanding defense and beats commanding defense, those kinds of things, I think there is chances for him to do that because he is hard to stop when he's downhill because he's big and he has some decent touch. Um, but yeah, and also it kills me on defense watching him pointlessly overhelp. Yeah. It kills me. It, it really kills me defensively because Matisse, over, Matisse helps and he gets back. He gets back so well. It's, it's, it's really like glorious to watch how quickly Matisse can like take a risk and then get back to his man. And you think you have him beat and he comes back. He had a number of very impressive blocks on RJ Barrett tonight. Um, and, and uses quick hands, like a ton of great stuff. And Tobias, and Danny does this too, just like stands f- just far enough away from his guy where, and I'm standing up during this podcast because I'm excited about James Harden. So I'm now I got, I now I'm, now I'm light on my feet. I'm dancing around. And Tobias stands just far enough away where he's, n- he's not covering him, but he's also not like helping on a drive. Helping. Yeah. So it's just like, it is straight up no man's land. He, it's looked like he like looks at the floor and he's like, where could I stand where I'm the least help to anyone and I'll be here. And so I'm never going to get back to contest an open three. And I'm also never going to like help on a driver to like deter something. And it's, it's, it's deeply frustrating. Was, oh no, sorry. I hit the wrong button. I was going to do that for you. <laughs> That's what I had to do. Um, body bio wants your brain to be healthy and wants your gut to be healthy. Because if your brain is healthy and your gut is healthy, you are going to be healthy. They have several products that do that. And we love them because they are local. We love them because they're family owned. We love them because they are nimble, because they are local and family owned. And we love them because they care about your health. So we've talked about brain health, gut health is what I'm talking about now. And they have, if you're gonna take one supplement, one, take butyrate from Body Bio. It's spelled B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E. You'd be like, well, if they're coming out with a product, why would they name it something so weird? Well, they didn't name it. Butyrate exists in your body, your body makes it. The problem is what you eat normally, your body doesn't make enough. So supplementing with butyrate, it's a postbiotic. So what you do is, after you eat, take a couple of pills, you take it, and it can't do anything wrong to you because your body already makes the stuff. But what it does is, is it like, it gets rid of that bloat, it makes you more regular. Um, and, and bloat that some people know that they have, I know that I feel it, right? But uh, you, after taking butyrate, even if you didn't feel it, trust me, it's there. You're gonna, you're gonna even look down at your stomach and you're gonna be like, oh shit, that's different. You're going to feel better. And when I say, oh shit, it's because you're going to shit more often. Um, it is totally safe. If you're going to take any of the butyrates, there are a few of them there. If you're not sure which to take, take sodium butyrate. 
just give it a try. I promise you will feel different. If you're going to take one gut supplement, this is the one. You will feel better. Use code RTRS20 at bodybio.com for 20% off anything at Bodybio, whether it's butyrate, elite, uh, calm, uh, liposomal vitamin C, anything. Use code RTRS20 at bodybio.com. I say body, you say bio. Body, body. Bodybio.com, RTRS20. We love Bodybio. So do you want to talk about uh, DeAndre Jordan? Uh, I mean, he was the guy. Really. He was the guy, right? You think I mean, it was? Yes. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't yeah. thought about it until you said it earlier, but I do, I do think that that makes sense. Yeah. He got, the they negotiated a buyout for him, like, I think an hour after he made one of the worst passes I've ever seen in my life. Did you see that pass? Yes. It was awesome. It was an outlet pass, which I like. I like the attempt. There's like 15 rows into the crowd. Further than any pass has <laughs> ever been made that I've seen. Uh, no, I mean, he's, he's, he, He's DeAndre Jordan. Like, he he gives Doc exactly what Willie Cauley Stein gives Doc. I don't know if it, I don't know if Harden likes him. I don't know if Embiid wanted him. At least he's big. enormous. Yeah, I don't know. He's one of the most enormous people I've ever seen in my life. I used yeah. to say when DeAndre Jordan was in his prime, I actually believed because people would shit on. He was a weird combination, I think, of overrated and underrated. He would be like overrated by normal people and then underrated by basketball people. I thought anytime somebody saw DeAndre Jordan in the lane, they would go a different direction. He was awesome. Mm. Everyone says he sucks now. Yeah. I have not like really watched him, but I have to believe yeah. he sucks now. Sure. Yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he can screen, he can roll, he can be big and get rebounds. If that's if that is the the route they they determine that that is the best way to maximize non embiid minutes in some matchups even then you know fine I guess um, Doc just gave a quote I just saw on Twitter like he hasn't thought that Paul Millsap's been bad which is tough tough to <laughs> trust that he's a, a good uh, judge of that you're not you worried about him to be as a coach. I'm not worried about um, Paul Millsap. You're worried about Paul Millsap. That's the, that's the quote right. from Would you ask Pop if he was worried about Paul Millsap? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care about like DeAndre. It, Willie Cauley-Stein versus DeAndre, it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. I, I just like the, I like the idea of having options at the backup center spot depending on the matchup. I just don't trust Doc to, in the remaining 20 games or whatever, to work on it and utilize those options so that they have some level of flexibility so that they are a little more matchup proof than they have been because I mean, and that is the criticism of doc is that he, he doesn't adjust. He is inflexible. Um, so we're going to keep talking about this, <laughs> which is what it is. I do want to yep. point out, we didn't really talk too much about Embiid, um, in this game. Did you notice that he, you didn't watch it cause you were, you were, uh, setting up for the podcast, but I, I, I watched the, the game wrap up. Mm -hmm. Um, he gave Nerlens a really nice hug at the end. Oh, really? It, it was cool. It was good. like a, like a sweet, they both smiled. Nerlens was like really happy to see him. Like it was like, this is cool. Cool. It's, good to see. it's the, uh, the you sued clutch and I won out over clutch, uh, yeah. hug as well. Yeah. Great. Totally fine the, with that. So, uh, are the Sixers going to sign? Oh, actually, before we do this, so here we go. You mentioned the tough stretch coming up. So Friday night, Cavs at Sixers. Uh, Saturday night, Sixers at Heat. Then it goes, so it goes Cavs, Heat, Bulls, Nets, Magic, then Nuggets. Um, yeah, and then there's a even Oh, then Cavs again. Then Mavs, later on. then Raptors, then Heat. Yeah, Lakers, Clippers, yeah. Suns, Fuck, then Bucks. Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Bucks on the on the road yeah i mean at least there's a lot of good teams in the, in the east so it's not surprising that there are tough tough games but um but yeah they're not they're not it's not going to get easy but this is what you want you want you want the like i'm i am excited to watch them straight up i'm excited to watch them lose some games like <laughs> let's lose some games let's see how they how they take away stuff and let's get better i i'm so like look I, will i get mad watching the game at like tobias passing something up or 
I was just going to keep saying Tobias, but like people missing open open cutters or not making the play or or losing a defensive rotation or whatever. Or Joel early. Joel had a really bad first half as far. I mean, like for his st- standards, like very bad. And yeah. to your point, they were in it just because of of Harden. Um, and he bounced back like in a big way in the second half. But really in the first half, uh, wasn't seeing the court well, was mm-hmm. missing open guys, wasn't tracking where the double team was coming from and started passing a lot better in the second half. And his defense was a lot better too. Um, but I, I, I really, I don't care about the regular season. It's nice. And it's nah, so, I'm you gotta I, care. It's fun. I, it's a good, it's, Oh no, I'm not saying care. I don't care as in like, I'm not invested in the games. I'm very invested in the games. I'm very invested in watching and being excited about it. I'm mm-hmm. saying if they lose, it's totally fine. Yeah. And we'll that see. is new for me we'll because see. now I was a fucking regular season bitch. For so many years, and I'm not that anymore. We have James Harden and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is going to be the MVP. We have Tyrese Maxey. I'm not a regular season bitch anymore. We're not doing that. He's gone. That man is dead. There it now is. I'm a, now I'm a playoff motherfucker. And right. I want that to be clear that we should all strive to be playoff motherfuckers now. I've been living with the Lakers fan for a really long time, and we need to imbue some of that winter energy. Regular season games, we don't care about it. Obviously, we care about it, but we don't like it. It's a lot... Regular season, fuck them. Who cares? I'm treating the regular season like the week 17 against the Cowboys. Doesn't so, matter. So CJ, I want you to write this down because I've been thinking about, we, we haven't done a playoff shirt in a while. You know, we did the process or die playoff shirt. I'm not a regular season bitch anymore. I'm a playoff motherfucker is the, the, the playoff That's shirt. That's what it is. That's yeah. who we are now. I'll get to send it to Tanner. We'll get the playoff shirt ready. So just so you know. So I was my, thinking. My, one, one quick thing before that, yeah. this last thing about the game. My my favorite play of the game because you've been watching everybody's been watching like Embiid and Harden two man game how's it working how's it going and people are clipping it we're seeing it like it be effective my favorite play because it is unguardable if they if they want to do it it's unguardable and there was one play really nice Embiid simple high screen and roll for Harden the strong side defender helped on Embiid's roll Embiid caught it on the short roll kicked it to Danny Green for the open three it went in like that's the most simple basketball possible and the Sixers for so long have not had that level of simplicity to their game. And when you have so many ways to beat them, going back to those bread and butter plays are really nice. That was my favorite play of the game. In addition to the Harden outlet to Matisse where he finished. Like, it's just nice to have a guy who they have to cover from everywhere. And even if they do, he can still find open players. It's awesome. It's James Harden. I can't believe people are still... People were saying, and some people are still saying that, like, it wasn't a good trade. That is insane. Those people are out of their minds. So for the Grand Rapids Gold, the G League affiliate of the Denver Nuggets. Here we go. One Nick Stauskas scored 57 points, including 38 in the first half, finished 11 of 15 from three. Um, He at one point had, like, nine nine in a row. Yeah. Nine of nine. What a, a, he loves Philadelphia. Remember he stayed here for like two years. I think he had a girlfriend here. He would show mm-hmm. up at games occasionally. Mm-hmm. Bring him home. I would, I would 100% cut Willie Cauley Stein, cut Miles Powell, bring him on a two way, whatever it takes. Like absolutely give him a shot. Do you see he all, I think he had over 40 points tonight too. I saw a tweet that said he had a hundred points in two, in two games. Bring him home. He looks Bring strong. him home. Looks strong Carol. in that picture. Finally, out of that muscle mass that he needs to. He needed to. He wasn't. He he, he was never strong enough. And yeah. now he's he's got man strength. You know, he grew up. He's not a kid anymore. Bring That's him home. TJ posted about it. Something about process guys like shouting each other out and like rec- remembering what they came for. We I, we could really use like I mean Jakar. Like if we could get Jakar for the last run, like somebody <laughs> Roden obviously for on a two way. Like bring. Miles Powell, who I do love and think that he will eventually be like some level of a of like a last spot on the NBA team guy. That's fine, Bryn Forbesy. Um, I I want I want a former process guy. I need this thing to solidify the run we're on. Like, give me a former, give me Brandon Davies. Obviously, give me Hollis. Hollis is the number one, but like, give me somebody to bring to like feel like we're bridging two eras because I need it. Um. I want to get into the Ben Simmons stuff and then the uh, couple of good mailbag questions. Um, first, I, I love the Joel Embiid. I personally love the Joel Embiid MVP odds updates on DraftKings, 
We are now at Joel Embiid minus 120. So the prohibitive favorite, I guess, or whatever it's called, like when you're you're better than 50-50, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid at minus 120 to win the MVP. Uh, you know, seven short weeks ago, he was plus 4,000. And now he's definitely, almost definitely, almost, you know, going to win MVP. Uh, Jokic at plus 260. Unbelievable. And the Sixers still, championship odds have not changed on DraftKings. Still plus 700. Plus it, 700. it is a little wild to me that that Brooklyn's odds are better than the Sixers. Well, they, they, I, I just think the books don't want to get fucked on Brooklyn. You know, like, like I, I feel like they're just worried. It's not worth it to them. I, I feel like the odds makers look at it and they just don't think it's worth it. One of the funniest things, we got an email about DraftKings. We, we get emails of our sponsors and everybody loves DraftKings, but quick email here. I signed up with the RTRS promo code, got 150 bucks in free bets if I bet $1 on any NBA team to win. Naturally, I bet my dollar on the Nuggets to win, considering their large advantage playing so high above sea level. Once my rewards hit my account in the form of six $25 bets, I went to work. My first two bets were Sixers related and during the Sixers game. The Sixers lost by 48. And with that, my bets went up in smoke and I learned an important lesson. Don't bet on the Sixers. I take all blame for Embiid's scoring streak coming to a halt. So I moved to the Blazers. They've been playing better than expected since their trades. Anthony Simons had seriously been balling out. Looking to sport Spike and his guy, I made a single game parlay into involving Simons and a few others. I then bet the Blazers money line at plus 500 against Memphis. In one bet, I was able to support the YouTube big board and a bet against Chris Vernon and his hardened trade hatred. I won almost $200 on those two bets without spending a dime of my own money. The lessons, make sure you base your bets off petty dislikes of your enemies and Spike's YouTube big board. Number two, go get your free money from DraftKings. Bet a dollar on any NBA team. Get 150 bucks in free bets if you're a new customer at DraftKings with promo code RTRS. Promo code RTRS. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS for just a dollar. On bet just a dollar on any NBA team, get 150 bucks in free bets if they win. That's promo code RTRS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and all the restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the update now on Ben Simmons was that he tweaked his back. Uh, It will be weeks. um, It'll be, he's like day to day. Then Rich Paul told shams that he was week to week and brian windhorse today said that he doesn't even know if he'll play in march and the season ends the middle of april um and then i think the latest ramona shelburne thing was that he will um and i know you're just gonna say you don't have to worry about it anymore i just it's I so to. nice to not have to worry about it. it's so nice for it to be somebody else doing it that's that is my prevailing thing he i'm he, I'm, in, I'm interested in seeing yes. what happens for sure uh, Ramona Shelburne said it's hopeful or Sham said he was hopeful that he would be back for the playoffs. And Nets fans are like, wait a minute, what? And it is obviously seeing Sixers fans dunk on Nets fans for like going through all of this is funny, but it's also like, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's all the same words. It's uh, we should support him. Uh, you know, I just, it's fucking crazy. He's not going to play this year. You don't think he's going to play at all? I, I keep saying that. No. And I, I, he is not going to play this year. And him never playing again went from 0.001% to about 1% to about 3.5%, I think. Like, never. I have, no, I have no idea. I, 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 I want him to play. I would, I, would like, I would like to say it. I think it'd be interesting basketball. Every it's, it's very, it is extremely freeing. I think part of, part of it is I'm just, I'm so thrilled about having James Harden to pair with this team. Mm -hmm. And so that is, I'm floating, uh, quick story from our friend Tanner Stidell, um, who said his, uh, his HVAC guy was so pumped up about Harden that he gave him a discount just because Harden was playing so well. And I think that's great. I think if you have a business and you're talking to someone about the Sixers, I think you should give them a discount and say it's because Harden is playing so well. So I think that's a that's good advice going forward. Um, I love the I love the even from over here, I can feel the positive vibes from the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just so nice to not have to worry about the Ben stuff anymore. Because for a year, it was just like what 
when's Bynum going to play? When's Markel going to play? When's Zaire going to play? Like all of those. When's I mean Embiid? When's Embiid going to play for a while? It yeah. was like all so many things, and then and obviously the Ben thing. When's Dario going to come over? When's Dario going to come over? Everybody, Never. every when, everything is when, and it is. Re, when are they going to fire Colangelo finally? When he when when they were waiting for the. Uh, Law firm. law firm that specializes in those types of things to make their ultimate findings. So it's just really nice to be like, there's no more when. It's just like, when is the playoffs? Because this team is fucking sick. And it's just really nice to not have to worry about anything other than that for now. For now. For now. I'm not ruling out. There it is. <laughs> there they are again. So uh, nice. This is yeah. good. This yeah, is good I, don't, I don't think he's going to play during the year. And I think every day that he decides not to play makes it harder for him to play. And I, it just... I the mountain that he has to climb to do it is just fucking wild and watching it being in, in New York and seeing it and, and working with Nets fans. And yeah, I, I mean, Durant, Durant is back tomorrow, um, yeah. which is nice for my fantasy team. Cause I have Kevin Durant mm. um, and I'm in a, I'm in a championship race. I made a trade with Gons today, by the way, and in, in the league that you used to be in, yeah. by the way, Gons is really one of my favorite people on the planet. I love him. He's a delightful human being. But, and when you're in a fantasy basketball league with him, he is a night. He's a nightmare. He's, he's a, a little. He's, he's a, a little bitch person. as a commissioner. He's a little bitch as a commissioner. It's more even. I've had issues with him as a commissioner. We've had our <laughs> issues. Legs brought up to me today. We had to have a conference call, the three of us, because of some improprieties. <laughs> but like, it's more as a trading with him is is just a nightmare to deal with. Is it is absolutely nightmare. Maybe that makes him a good. Owner of his team, fine. No. But nobody else is as much of a nightmare to deal with in that league. Legs is a pleasure. Miles is a pleasure. Zach Berman's a pleasure. Well, like, Legs is a pleasure because is... Legs just wants to make trades. Legs is it. like, all, he just loves making he's trades. He's doing great. Yeah. Anyway, he's, God, <laughs> fuck, I love that guy, but holy shit. Just, he's a different person. I'm going to start calling him a different name. We have to, I have to come up with a new name for Gons because I can't, he's, it's, an, it's infringing upon my real relationship <laughs> with him. Anyway, the Nets are the eight seed right now by yeah. three games. The Raptors are three games up on them, and and Ananobi's hurt. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. They they seem like he's day to day now. Jalen Brown hurt hurt his ankle. He's mm-hmm. not sure. So there's a chance that like there's some shakeups right there. But the Nets are three games back and looking pretty bad. Mm-hmm. The Hornets are right behind them. Like there's a chance that the Nets fall not only into the play-in, they're almost certainly in the play-in, but landing in the second in the bottom half of the play and where they have to win two games to even make the playoffs. Like, and that's the idea. I mean, I understand like odds, if the odds people are scared, but like they have a long road to go. That is, that is a daunting task. And maybe if they're at full strength then then they'll just, they'll beat, you know, the Hornets or whoever, but like the Hornets are good. The Hawks are, are, have been bad this season, but are obviously very interesting. The Raptors are legitimately good. I just it, the East is the East is good this year. It's like legitimately good, and and uh, I don't I don't see Brooklyn no. like no. being any sort like if they're healthy and if 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 of course. Um, but they've but never been healthy. There's a, there's a ton of teams that you're that you're more scared of in the East. If not even Sixers specific, but just anybody. If you to rank them right now, like there's a reason why they're hovering around 500 is because they're just they're just not that not that good. Well, and, and by the way, like every, everybody thought Kyrie was going to play, but the mayor of New York is like, fuck now, because they just fired hundreds of city workers a, a month ago for not getting vaccinated. And they're not going to just let Kyrie play like that. That's why this is a problem for him. And I don't know when that's going to change. So I, I don't know that it's right over the horizon either. So yeah. uh, the hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from Brendan McEwen. CJ's hair is getting long again. Can we do a crowdfund charity event where the donators get to pick his new haircut? CJ? Uh, appreciate the question. Brendan. Oh. It's a great, it's a great First question. First off, thank you for the question from <laughs> CJ. That's how uh, he starts all of, his, all of his answers. Of course, of course. Uh, I have, I'm proud to announce I've found a barber that isn't oh. awful. So. So that's a No. I mean, I, I guess not no, but like it's not as fun how, as... Can, let me ask you this. How much would we have to crowdfund for charity for them to pick your haircut? <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd pay a, a, an average price for a haircut. I don't, I don't know what... 
No, I'm, I'm saying like if we <laughs> they're, not raise, saying, they're not saying it's like a 40 bucks to charity. Pro- yeah. Proportionate to like what my haircut is. I don't know. I so don't if, know. if we raised a thousand dollars for a charity or, or would you let them pick your haircut? Yeah. Thousand, <laughs> thousand beans. Sure. Okay. Let me say, let me tell you something. I, I think with the people watching on YouTube, we could do that right now. <laughs> Probably not. I think we can shoot higher than a thousand. Let's aim to shoot higher than a thousand. And then 5, we can 000? give CJ a, a, a strange cut. Yeah. For charity. For charity. That he, can, that he can wear for like a week. Sure. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like someone's, home. get someone's name in my head or something. <laughs> that sounds good. You're giving them ideas. You can yeah. pitch on it. So if you want to donate you to Mike five grand for charity. I mean, great. I would yeah. love that for CJ. Okay. Sure. Okay. So yeah. if Finally, you want to put some good into the world. Yeah, we'll we'll set up a GoFundMe. We'll set up a GoFundMe or something. But um, but until then, if you'd like to donate on YouTube right now, it will go toward the the CJ haircut fund. The CJ haircut John, fund. John Wintermute just donated a hundred dollars. Right there. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, let's do a couple of mailbag uh, items. Thank you, John. Uh, from Heidi. Hey guys, love the Ricky. Wanted to ask. If there is an expansion draft, hypothetically, this offseason, what eight guys are you protecting? And do you think a team would take Tobias in that situation? I so love the question, Heidi. It's a great question. Um, I think people would probably... I forget in an expansion draft, their contract, I believe, would stick. It's been a while since there's been an expansion draft. Yeah, let's draft. say it does. Let's say it does. So the Sixers would absolutely not protect him or they would say no one's going to take him anyway so maybe we just do it but i, I really think that they wouldn't protect him so um, they they protect harden and bead maxi thibel mm-hmm. um that's four i would say this off season you probably would say springer you'd probably say niang he's a, he's a deeply important part of the thing they got nobody to protect and protect and then maybe maybe you just say danny because it's a very tradable contract and you wouldn't want him to just like go away and then probably between Bassey, Reed, or B-Ball Paul would be the eighth. I feel I like think, the numbers I mean, got to be smaller. Than, maybe you'd protect Korkmaz if uh, if you think you can package that five million rather than those rookie scale deals. But um, yeah, I mean, like I think there are going to be a, a, a pretty sizable amount of team shifting this offseason. The next question I thought was good, and then I read it. I don't even know what the answer is. Non-basketball question. By the way, uh, Heidi, this is a basketball question. What would be the worst NBA National Basketball Association? What would be the worst NBA expansion city you can think of in the Americas? Both from the I don't want to live there and this doesn't seem like a basketball place perspective. Huh. I mean, I really like, I like new places, so I don't really like, strongly dislike any place in particular especially one this sounds like i'm just like a baby a wrestling baby face that i love being here in raleigh (laughs) um but uh but yeah if it's big enough to be a city it's probably got some cool stuff to it and it's probably unique in some way but maybe salt lake or indianapolis oh wait those are already teams oh shoot they shouldn't Um, maybe maybe you'd say like fresno I don't think that probably Fresno doesn't need a team. Non, uh, this comes from Jeff, non-basketball question. What common, what is a common skill that you lack? For example, I'm 35 years old and I've never been able to whistle. I also can't whistle. Really? At all? Can't do it. No. Hmm. I'm bad at a lot of things. I think the things I'm good at, I'm very good at, but I'm mostly, I'm mostly incapable of doing a lot of things. Yeah, I'm a, I, I'm very bad at all house things. Um, I can't tie my shoes with a, a one loop. I have to do double loop like a little kid. Mm, I can do single loop. Yeah, not I can't. Um, I've said this before. Not a not a proficient bike rider. Bad oh, really? At, bad at stopping. Bad at turning. Hmm, Anything on wheels? I think I, I think my anxiety like just takes over. I think I'm just, <laughs> I just think I just get scared. <laughs> I think I just get scared. But yeah, I, I'd say pretty athletic. Feet on ground, wildly unathletic on wheels. Or skis, which I've never done either. Never skied. Never um, skied any of that stuff. Hey, this comes from Tim. Hey, guys, non-basketball question. Does Amos tell stories about himself and disguise it as Tony T? 
I'm from Australia, so I don't know the history of it, but the last episode, he sounded like he was telling a story that happened to him in D.C. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Every word. Uh, we had Amos on Carl Andrew Record Club yesterday, Mulu and I. We went through like every song on the record. It was fun, if you want to listen to that podcast. Oh, speaking of. Yeah. Uh, I went to the War on Drugs concert. Oh, and, with uh, Eliza shrine, H. Uh, Jones. Our own Eliza Hardy-Jones was in, as yeah. well as our friend Dave Hartley, Nightlands. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a cool concert. That was great. I had a great time. They were awesome. They were really, really good. I wanted to go to the Madison Square Garden show. There was a snowstorm that day. I hate going to the city on the weekend. It's great. How long I did you great, play? Half I had great seats. Yeah. And I was seated, seated directly, like couldn't have placed me any better in line with where Dave and Eliza were standing. Mm. So, so Dave was, and Eliza was in the second deck behind him. And so I was just staring at them the whole time being like, they can probably recognize me. Like, I was like, they have to be, they have to be playing directly. Like, I was like, you're playing directly to me. I'm, I was wearing a mask. I don't have like a, I'm the most normal looking person in the world. So like, why would they be able to so far away? But I, at the time I was like, they're playing this for me specifically. I can feel it. Um, and it was great. It was a beautiful, beautiful show. Very fun. They are a great live band. They're awesome. Um, and finally, and wait, I, I tweeted this. Sorry, but yeah. uh, Adam, the lead singer of War on Drugs, introduced Eliza as Philadelphia 76ers season ticket holder Eliza Hardy Jones, and I just like went nuts. <laughs> I just like lost it. That's great. That's a really random cool. thing to do in Los Angeles. I know it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Actually, you know what? Again, I thought that was for me. This is me. I think during the concert, I just became a massive narcissist. It's like everything, everything is happening directly <laughs> for me. They're, They're looking doing at me directly to me. This is fine. Why isn't the spotlight shining or directly onto me? Why not? Uh, but it was, I really had, it was really one of the best shows I've ever been to. I loved it. Um, before we're only gonna do one more question, but I would like to raise a hundred more dollars before we sign off. So if everybody watching on YouTube just donates 10 bucks, then we're going to get to the, so we get to 5,000 so we can pick to CJ's and this will all go to charity. Um, well, I, we promise, uh, Mrs. Colangelo. Um, but if everybody donates $10, we'll get to the, the next hundred. This comes from Eric, non-basketball. What was a change in your personal lives that could compare to the Simmons for hardened trade in something that just completely changed an agonizing situation into one that is nearly euphoric? One that sticks out to me is when my son learned to read. He was in first grade when the pandemic started and finished the year at home e-learning when he was struggling learning to read and e-learning was a terror because of it. That following summer, reading clicked for him and since then he's handled almost all of the e-learning independently. So I love a, that. What a, what a nice answer. Yeah. Um, something that completely changed an agonizing situation to something that is nearly euphoric. It was... Uh... It's really hard to go from being um, an assistant to being on staff of a TV show. And mm-hmm. I had a, at the time, it didn't feel like it was easy. But looking back, I definitely had an easy time of it. Um, Alyssa had a, tough, had a tougher time of it um, from just like bad luck and shows getting canceled when she was supposed to get the bump and all that stuff. And so when she got staffed, um, it was the coolest thing. And I'm still so happy about it. That was great. Um, I would say anytime plans get canceled. Like literally any time I'm supposed to go to dinner or something like that and it gets canceled. Um, I, for me, that is amazing to get a free night. You know, you're on Zoom sometimes and it's booked for an hour and somebody's like at 52 minutes. I'm going to give you this eight minutes back. No, that wasn't your, that, that is not like euphoric to me, but like sometimes when plans get canceled, it's amazing, actually, to me. Uh, basketball, can we talk about how much more aesthetically pleasing uh, watching the Sixers are now? Not are now not only that the two most heavy-footed players were moved in the Harden trade, but they were also the two guys on the roster wearing undershirts. It feels like we're now watching a real NBA team. I, I do think Tobias and Danny are, are more heavy-footed than Seth. Like their feet seem heavier. Seth, Seth with the ball in his hands did seem a little bit light. Like he could like tap dance a little bit. Defensively, he was very slow. And when a ball, when there was a loose ball, he was incredibly slow. But I do think that like as far as just like the weight of someone's foot, I think <laughs> Tobias and Danny are are carrying the heaviest feet in in on, in the league. Definitely, Danny with the heaviest diaper. Yeah, for sure. All right, we will talk to you this weekend. Another win. 
behind the James Harden and Joel Embiid led Sixers. The what two games from the top seed in the East Sixers? Two games, four four wins in a row. The Bucks beat the Heat tonight, so you know uh, everybody's all clumped together. But mm-hmm. nice to see the Sixers in what we believed would be a throwaway season be a title contender. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Very nice. We'll talk to you this weekend. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You. No luck. If you don't fuck with me, then I then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's a friend.